0: Hey, we are wrapping up today our series we've been in for the last couple of weeks called Red Flags. And this is a relationship series we've been looking at. Uh, The first one we did Red Flags in Me. What does it look like for, for God to reveal things in my heart? Then the next week, Lindsay joined me up here. We did Red Flags in Marriage. And then last week, I heard Pastor Dustin brought it. Did he bring it? Brought the word, and he brought on red flags in dating. And so if you're single, go and, and watch those. I encourage you to go watch any of those messages and uh, catch yourself up on that. Today, though, uh, I want to talk about something that is uh, something we all deal with. Everybody in this room has this. Everybody in this room did not get to choose this at all, but you are a part of it, and so we all have this one thing in common, and today we're going to talk about red flags in family. We're going to look at the family dynamics. Uh, how many of you are sitting with your family right now? You're sitting with your family. Just look at them and go, this, this word's for you. Um, not for me. It's going to be a lot for you. So how I many you know some messages you go, oh me, and sometimes you go, oh you, <laughs> And so that message is gonna be for that. Hey, before we get started, would you help me join in and welcome all those joining us online? Hey, we're glad to see you. Welcome, glad that you're here. Uh, let's, let's quickly start with a, a working definition. We've been using this for four weeks about a, what a red flag is. A red flag is this. It's a warning sign. It's a heads up of potential danger or a signal that there's a problem that needs to be addressed. When there are red flags Uh, in life, that means, hey, watch out what's coming ahead. What's coming ahead has the potential to be very dangerous, so proceed with caution. That's why we talked about that in marriage and in families and in our own lives. We've been looking at our theme verse, which is in Proverbs 27, verse 12, and it says this, a prudent person foresees danger. So they, they see potential danger that that could possibly be coming, and they take precautions. The simpleton, though, goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. And so a wise person says, you know what, before I jump into this, let me, let me look and see, are there any potential dangers that could be coming my way? Someone who's kind of carefree and careless just jumps right in and, doesn't really ask those questions. And so we can have this mentality when it comes to relationships as well is that we can just jump right on in and everybody around us sees red flags, but we don't see it ourselves until we get into it and then we start seeing these red flags that are are there. And so this scripture is encouraging us to foresee danger and take the necessary precautions that we have. Now we're talking about family and I just want you to know first and foremost, every family has red flags. Every one of them has it, All you have it, I have it, we all have red flags in our family. So just to go ahead and, and make the playing field very equal here today, everybody's got them. Now, I thought to kick off today, I would show you a picture of my family. So let me show you a little bit of my family. This is my family here. This is my extended family. Uh, We got, of course, my family that's here in the middle. And then we got my sister and her husband, Wally, my mom, my grandmother, who is like the matriarch of our family. That's why she gets to sit down. And uh, everybody revolves around here, my brother, my cousins, my uncles, all that, that is there. So this is my family. So this past... Summer was was our sabbatical, and my brother lives in Dubai, uh, him and his wife and his kids, and so they flew in this summer, and it was a real, very special time for us because we haven't been together in a lot of years. So we, we, of course, made matching shirts. That's what you do when you get all your family together. And so we made matching shirts, took this family picture that's here. And so how many know with every family, I absolutely love my family so much. Uh, a lot of my family are even watching right now. Um, my mom's watching. My grandmother watches. My dad watches. My dad lives in Houston. Um, my mom and them live in Lafayette. And so uh, they're, they're always tuning in every weekend. So mom, dad, grandmother, I love y'all. Pete, I love you. Um, I just want you to know I'm not going to... Tell any embarrassing stories about you. We'll see. Okay, but I will tell them about my family. And so I uh, I want to kick off today by showing you something. Uh, I think a word that describes my family, not just my current immediate family, but my extended all extended family. I think a word that describes our family is stories. We have so many stories, and actually when we got together this summer, it's funny because when we get together, we just keep sharing a lot of the same stories, and how many know there's always like those couple of stories in your family that always get shared at every Thanksgiving, at every Christmas, at every holiday, it's just the same story that always gets shared over, and how many know every time they share it, it gets extended, it gets bigger, bigger things happen, but uh, I, wanna, I wanna show you, what. how many know whenever crazy things happen in your family now... Due to technology, you can just grab your phone or you can grab a device and record it now. And so I'm grateful for that. So back in the day, uh, I used to have a little handheld recorder and uh, would always, you know, go around and film my kids and film different things. So I want to show you a picture, uh, a video of back in the young days of the Belt family when I had, it was just, I think it was just Josiah and Judah. I don't even know if Joel was born yet. But uh, this is a story that goes down in infamy in the belt home. Are you ready to see the debut of this story? So here we go. Ready? Help him. Save me. Oh, give me your arm, baby. Give me your arm. You got stuck? You can't go in through that way. Josh, help me. Hey, hold this. Okay, hold up. What's wrong, Uh Juju? Hey, what's the matter? Look. Hey, are those real tears? I bet you. Oh, you want to be in there? (laughs) (laughs) All right, all over. Those are just always go down in infamy. I love, I love Josiah. Let me get in on this. Let me get a little action, get a little action here. Um, so that's definitely a funny story of ours. Every time we go around, any kind of uh, walking, what are those? I don't even know what that is even called. Is that a walker? exer saucer, exor saucer. Right, which I just want y'all to know, just uh, Judah did go through counseling. He's good now. All's <laughs> all's well. You good now? You fine? Okay, yeah, he's good now. So we're good with that. Another story that happened in our family was, this was actually pre when I was married. This was when I was young and uh, I was always be around our cousins and everything. All of our, uh, our, our family is a really close family. And so we would always play this game when we were at my grandmother's house where we would go through the alphabet and we would say things like, um, like I'll give you an example. So like we would say like, I'm going to, and we'd say something that starts with like A, like I'm going to Alaska, Writing on a, and then you would say something that starts with an A. Uh, give me something. Bicycle. It starts with an A. Oh. Somebody. You're out of the family. Okay, so you're not even in the family. Okay. Aardvark. Okay, we'll say aardvark, all right? Going to Alaska, riding an aardvark, and I'm going to become, and then you would say like a profession of something that you would become, like astronaut. Okay, very good. Okay, let's try it again. Let's, let's do B. I'm going to... Boston on a bicycle, bicycle. there we go, <laughs> to become biologist. a biologist, okay, okay, good one, okay, all right, so we get, you know, we're going through the letters, and then we get to H, and uh, my, my, I'm not going to say who it was in my family, because I want to protect that person, but there was a person in my family, and uh, one, of, one of our family members, and she was super, super young, and she, she's, we get to H, and we go, Okay. So it's your turn. She goes, I'm going to Hawaii on a horse to be a whore. (laughs) And my grandmother was like, come again? I'm, I'm going to Hawaii on a horse to be a whore. She was like, to be a what? She's like, you know, in the garden, a whore? That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> so now you'll never think of that word differently now. A, she's a whore. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> I don't even know who she's watching. I'm not even going to say who it is, but it's one of mine. So <clears throat> that is... That's, that's some of the stories. I mean, there's so many. Uh, if you would go and hang out with my grandmother, it's just story after story after story after story of so many things that are in our family. We love to tell stories uh, in our family. But there's also stories. There, let me put it this way. There are stories that we tell in our family, and then there are stories we don't tell. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about? No, we tell that one. All right. <clears throat> Truth be told... Every family has as many stories that they don't tell that they do tell. Uh, and and, and the, the red flags that are in all of our families are usually in the secrets that we don't tell. And so today, I want us to kind of go there a little bit because I want us to look at some of the patterns and the struggles. There are some things that are probably been in your family for generations and generations to come uh, that, that nobody talks about. There's that family member that's in your, in your family, you think they're in their family, but nobody talks about that family member, like they're out of the family now somehow, but they're still blood, but they're not. nobody says anything about them anymore. Um, that's, that's one of those red flags or some things that have happened maybe in your family, and just as much as you love telling all the funny stories, there are those stories that are in our family that we don't want to share. At all, and so today uh, I'm going to do a little bit different than I've done in this whole series. Uh, I'm, I'm going to preach this a different way than I've done the other messages because I want us to really hone in on this. Because when I was thinking about man, what am I going to preach when it comes to family? I thought about well, I, you know, I'm going to share. I could share some parenting principles. I could share you know uh, dynamics in the marriage and how that affects the family. And I thought, you know what? I'm not even going to go that direction. I'm gonna, I want I want to hone in on one really big thought today. One really, really big thought, and uh, I'll give you uh, three really practical things at the end of this message. But I want you to write this thought down. If you have the notes when you walked in um, or if you're on, the, on our OSC Connect app, I, I, want you to, I want you to write this down. God doesn't want freedom from your family. He wants freedom for your family. God doesn't want freedom from your family. He wants freedom for your family. And today we're actually going to look at I decided to 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 take a a family out of Scripture. It's in the Old Testament. It's one of the one of the original families after Adam and Eve and all that. Uh, And I want you to see uh, some patterns that happened. In one part of the family, and then played out over generations. And so, we're actually going to go through a lot of scripture, um, a good bit of scripture. We're going to go, we're going to go over twenty chapters. So, get your—if you got an actual paper Bible, get your thumbs ready. You're about to get a little exercise here. Uh, we're going to go through about three hundred years of history in in just a couple minutes. So, I'm going to go somewhat fast through it, but I want you to see a little bit of the significance of what happens in a moment, and how it actually has ripple effects, it's like throwing a stone into a very calm lake, and how it has these ripple effects along generations and generations and generations. So we're going to begin with a guy by the name of Abram. If you go to Genesis chapter 12 over the last couple of months, I've preached on Abram a couple of times, and Genesis chapter 12 is the story of Abram. And Abram uh, has a vision from the Lord, and God speaks to Abram and pretty much gives him a promise. And the promise is, is that I'm going to give you a family. And uh, at this time, it was a very big deal because Abram and Sarai were very old in age. They were beyond the child-rearing uh, age, and they thought for sure this was not going to be them. And God comes with a promise and says, you're going to have children. Oh, and by the way, uh, you're not going to just have a child. You're going you're to birth a nation. Like there's going to be a whole nation that comes out of you. And so Abram gets this promise. Sarah gets this promise that, that God's going to give them a child. God's going to give them not only a child, but he's going to give them a family. And not only family, he's going to give generations and nations that are going to come out of them. And I want you to see uh, something that happens in Genesis chapter 12. Uh, many scholars believe that this is maybe just weeks or even months after they get this promise. After he gets this promise that God's going to give him a son and God's going to give him a nation, I want you to see what happens here and I want you to see how this actually affects his families for generations to come. Genesis chapter 12, we're going to look in verse 11 and verse 12. It says this, when he was about to enter Egypt, he said to Sarai, his wife, I know that you are a woman beautiful in appearance. Now, let me just stop there and just say, he should have just stopped there. (laughs) You are beautiful. Let's just keep going. (laughs) But he does not... Just stop there. He continues on and he says, and so, and when the Egyptians see you, they're going to say, this is his wife and they're going to kill me, but they will let you live. Watch what the next verse says. Say that you are my sister. Say that you're my sister. Now, can I just go ahead and just say, that is a red flag. (laughs) Let me, let me actually put this into modern days. Girls, listen, if a guy takes you out on a date and before you walk into the restaurant, he leans over to you and says, can you just act like you're my sister? How many know? That's a red flag on that date. That's a red flag. Don't, don't go out. Just, just actually just go, you know what? We're done. So he says here, say that you're my sister, that it may go well with me because of you and that my life may be spared for your sake. In this moment is when deception and lying and self-preservation enters into his family. It's at this moment. He goes in and and he's trying to self-preserve himself. He doesn't want them to know what's going on and you can read the rest of the story of how, how it plays out. But what Abram fails to realize is that he's about to start a snowball effect because he... Eventually, down the line, actually, God spares them in this, and they do end up having the promised child, and his name is Isaac, and Isaac comes, and Isaac has is grown up, and Isaac goes to get married, and Isaac does get married, and I want you to see what Isaac does. We're going to fast forward now to Genesis 26. Go to Genesis 26. Isaac is older, and he does something that sounds vaguely familiar, It says, when the men of the place asked him about his wife, so this is now Abram's son Isaac, Isaac's wife. He said, she is my sister. sister. For he feared to say my wife, thinking lest the men of the place should kill me because of Rebekah, because she was attractive in appearance. And so here we are, and yet again, like father, like son. Like son. And so here we are into now the second generation of manipulating, lying, and self preservation. But unfortunately, it doesn't yet again stop there. Isaac goes on. Isaac and Rebekah have two twin sons. One is named Esau, he is the oldest. And then another is named Jacob. Uh, those are the two sons that Isaac has. Isaac, now fast forward, Isaac is now older. The Bible says that he can barely see, um, and he's coming to the end of his life. And he realizes at the end of his life, he's got to do what a father would do, which is at the end of his life, pass on the blessing of the family to the oldest son. This is a generational thing. God gave the promise to Abram. Abraham passed it on to Isaac. Now Isaac needs to pass it on to his son, Jacob, Decides though, Jacob overhears that Isaac is going to do this. And so Rebekah actually schemes with Jacob to say, you know what, we're going to go and we're going to get that blessing. And so Isaac uh, sends Esau to go out to go kill some food to bring it back. He says, bring some food, feed me, and then I'm going to bless you. Jacob and, Re- and, and uh, Rebekah end up doing that. They come, they put all this hair on him, he drops his voice about 10, 10 meters so he can sound like Esau and all manly and stuff, and he walks in, and I want you to see what happens here. He goes to do this, and Jacob says to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I've done as you've told me. Now sit up and eat of my game that your soul may be blessed. Now, is Jacob Esau? no. Not. And here we are yet again, now the third generation of manipulating, lying, and self preservation. And so, in the midst of all of this, Jacob does get the blessing. It's crazy, though, how this works because God still does bless. Jacob and uh, the dynamics of what happens with Esau—that's there. And Jacob grows up, and Jacob gets married, and Jacob doesn't have one son. He doesn't have twins. Jacob has twelve sons. I mean, no, oh, that man's got his own football team. <laughs> He's got twelve sons, and Jacob chooses one of his sons, one of his last sons, a a, a son by the name of Joseph, to be his favorite child. Now, Jacob had a favorite child. Now, we know none of you as parents have favorite children. You say all of your children are, but how many know when they're acting crazy, one of them becomes a favorite real quickly? So we're gonna look at the Bible because it's a little messed up here. So Jacob has a favorite child, and uh, Joseph is that, and he is treated with, uh, he's kind of the glory child. He's treated extra special. He's given extra things. And so Jacob, entreating Joseph kind of extra, his 11 other brothers get very, very, very angry, very, very jealous. And so his other 11 brothers decide, this is what we're going to do. We're going to kill him. They, they had such jealous rage, they decided, we're going to take him out. And so as they're plotting how they're going to kill Joseph, they put him in a pit. And so they're plotting and plotting and plotting, and as that plot is going on, one of the brothers finally has the cool head and decides, guys, we can't kill him, but I do see some traders coming, let's just sell him. So they end up selling him to some slave traders to go be a a slave in Egypt, and so now they're like, what are we going to tell dad So they take his coat of many colors, which his dad had made for him, which was a special coat. They took the coat of many colors, and I want you to see what happens. Watch watch what they do. And so they take Joseph's robe, and they slaughtered a goat, and they dipped the robe in the blood, and they sent the robe of many colors and brought it to their father. So now they're bringing it to Jacob. And they said, this we found. Please identify whether it is your son's robe or not. Look what the next verse says. A fierce animal has devoured him. Joseph is without doubt torn to pieces. So here we are yet again, fourth generation later of deception, lying, and self-preservation. Watch this. Does this sound all too familiar? Does any of you in this room look at some of this and go, I've always wondered why there are things that are in my life that I don't know how they got there. They just have been there for a while. And here we are in this moment. There are things going on now in each one of these generations' lives that have been passed down from one to the other. Abram didn't realize that what began as a deceptive lying moment would actually get transferred to his next son, which would get transferred to the next son, which would get transferred four generations down the line, there is now issues that are being dealt with. I wanna il- illustrate a little bit of how this happens because there, this, this happens in our family more than we wanna to care to say. Like I said, we love sharing stories but there are stories that we don't tell, and so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I want to I want to show you an illustration of how this works. So, I'm actually gonna invite Judah to come up here. Judah, you come up here with me real quick, and Mr. David, would you come up here with me? Would you mind coming up here with me? All right. I want to show I want to show a little bit of how this how this plays out. Okay. So I'm gonna have. Mr. David, myself, and Judah, And we're gonna represent three generations here, okay? We're gonna represent a grandfather, father, son. We're gonna pass it down. This is, man. I needed an old man. So, <laughs> which by the way, this is an incredible father. Um, one of the best. And so I, I, I wanna show you a little bit of how this, this plays out. i want to just give you a little bit of a visual of maybe how this can, can go on. So <laughs> in this illustration, David represents a grandfather. And let's say we'll call him what 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 do your grandkids call you? Poppy? What do they call him? Day Day. Day Day? Mm-hmm. Okay, Day Day. Alright, there we go. I like that. That's nice. Alright, so let's 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 imagine now this is all this is this is all fake. This isn't this isn't true about Day Day. Okay, all right, I just want y'all to know. Okay. But let let's say let's say Day Day has grew up in an abusive family, okay? So he had, he had an abusive father and came up through, through abuse. Let's say also uh, Dede went through life and he really struggled with insecurities, massive insecurities within all of that. Dede also, uh, when he got older, got married, but then suffered a really, really nasty divorce as well through all that. Day also struggles with, uh, with some addictions Coming out of that divorce, it led him to be a lot of alcohol, a lot, a lot of alcohol. And, and so he, he struggled with all of that. Okay, now Dayday, watch this, Day Day then has me as a son. And whether I know it or don't know it, what ends up happening is he passes each one of those things off to me. And so he maybe keeps some, you can keep that one. All right, so he keeps some. But watch watch what happened. So, so he struggled with really bad relationship. He had abuse in his family. He had alcohol. And now I come into my life and man, somehow man, I'm I'm struggling with relationships too. And man, I'm I don't know why, but I'm I'm addicted to alcohol as well. I have this thing that's in me that's drawn to it and you know and I really battle a lot of insecurities because he 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 didn't give me security because he battled with insecurities, but he battled with insecurities because his his father, her mother battled insecurities. So now I battle, and then by the way, then I then I add my own. Now I, I add my own issues that I have in my life and my own problems that I have and all that I and so I'm I'm adding my own red flags to to the to the to the thing, and so I'm doing that, and then and then watch what ends up happening, and then I turn around, and now I have a son. And I end up passing on mine to him. And he eventually gets married in a long, long time, gets, eventually <laughs> gets married. And then, and then he adds his own, own red flags, his own issues, his own struggles, his own problems. And, and Judah can't figure out why he's so drawn to some of these addictions. He can't figure out why does he battle so much with insecurity. He doesn't he can't figure out why every time he gets into a relationship with a girl it just he just he can't handle it it just it's just not right. He can't figure out why he can't trust men. Just can't trust men. And he's wrestling through all this not realizing that from dayday to dad to Judah that there were things that have been passed down from generation to generation to generation that he's now battling because I didn't battle with it and I didn't deal with it, I've passed it on to him. And so when he has a child, guess, guess what? Ends up getting passed down even more and more and more. And so the, the struggle that we don't see, watch this. Some of you right now, some things are even clicking inside of you. You're, you're, you're coming to terms with, that, that might be why. That, that might be that there has been a, a history of divorce in our family and that might be why it's so prone when I get into this one. And there might be a history of addiction. There may be a history of something that's going on and it passes down from one generation to the next generation to the next generation. I don't believe it's generational curses, but I do believe it's generational influences. I believe it's generational influences because how I many know if you, if you have an absent father, there's gonna be a father wound Whether you know it or not, there's going to be a father. Which, by the way, an absent father doesn't mean that he wasn't present in the home. It could be he was emotionally absent, but he was physically present. Uh, 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 if, you, if you battled, if, if, if your mother battled with her own fears and own insecurities, that can get passed down to a daughter, that can get passed down, I mean, the, I'm showing it in, in a male but this can happen, of course, in daughters and in moms and in grandmothers as well, that, that what we didn't deal with in our generation, we passed down to the next generation and to the next generation. But I don't know about y'all, but we want, at some point, somebody in this line is gonna have to say, it stops with me, no more red flags in this family. I will not continue to pass down what has been passed down to me. To go into the next generation. Hey, listen, and, and we see this actually all in culture. Think about in, in, in just U.S. American history. There are things in U.S. American history we don't want to look back at because we don't wanna even want to talk about it. How about racism? Colin, it's been passed down from generations to generations to generations of people like, I don't want to look at it. I don't want to talk about it. That makes me feel uncomfortable. But what happened in past generations got handed to the next generation, got handed to the next generation. And at some point, we got to go, it stops with me. It stops with me. I'm not handing down this racist thought. I'm not going to hand down this addiction to the next person. I'm not going to hand down this, it's going to stop with me because the blood of Jesus puts a, puts a final thing that here that says, it doesn't have to go on from here anymore. Amen. Thank you. Y'all give it up for my my participants here. So what what, what ends up happening, watch this, watch this. Oftentimes in our family, the red flags that have been passed down from one generation to the next generation to the next generation get so minimized that they become normalized. So you hear things like, Well, that's just how our family is. We just don't talk about stuff. That's just how our family is. Everybody's just loud and expressive and yells. How many of y'all got one of those family, like if you wanna get your point across, you gotta be louder than them to get your point across? Hey, that's just how our family is. You know, everybody just, everybody drinks. It's just how it is. Everybody's got issues with it. Hey, that's just how our family is. And whatever you normalize in your family eventually, or minimize, will eventually be be normalized. And so at some point, you've got to get to the place where you go, no, 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 that's not normal. But here's what I know, when you've been in dysfunction for so long, what seems like normal, when you get in around healthy environments, you realize that's not normal. That's not normal. Like if you grew up in a family where your parents went at each other and then just swept it under the rug and never resolved it? You think that's normal. And so then you get married and y'all go at it, And then, but she wants to keep talking about it. And you're like, I thought we're done. I thought we swept it underneath there. No, I want to keep talking about it. And you're like, oh, hold up, hold up. So what gets minimized gets normalized. And what, what I want to do in our, our final message of this whole series is is for us to look at maybe some of the things in our hearts, in our lives, in our families, that may have been passed down from generation to generation to generation. And now we're we're fighting some of this, and we're wondering why. So, I want to make this message extremely practical, because we've... What do I have to do when there are red flags in my family? I want to give you three thoughts. I'm going to make this as, as practical as possible. First thing is this. Red flags that go unnamed go unchanged. Red flags that go unnamed go unchanged. Maybe you grew up in a family where we just don't talk about it. We just don't talk about it. We don't talk about sin patterns. We don't talk about struggles. We don't talk about the stuff that's happened in our past. We just don't want, I don't want to go there. Maybe you've heard stuff like this. What is it, what does it help for us to relive the past? It's in the past. Let the past be the past. Let's move on. But what you have failed to realize is because you haven't named what happened in the past, you bear repeating the past. And so whatever doesn't go unnamed does not go unchanged. And the biggest red flag, let me tell you the biggest red flag that's in our family it, it's not the alcoholism, it's not the addictions, it's not the, it, it's not the unfaithfulness, it's not the adultery, it's not the, the, the lying, it's not the pride. The biggest red flag in your family is not recognizing there's red flags in your family. That's the biggest red flag. By refusing to recognize them, you have set yourself up to repeat them. You cannot defeat what you do not define. Some of you grew up in a family where you experienced extreme great trauma. Maybe some of you experienced a loss, a death, a divorce, something that happened in your family. Maybe some of you were in a family that was addicts. The big three, drugs, alcohol, pornography. Maybe, maybe you grew up in a family where that was a, that was a, a struggle. Your grandfather struggled with it. Your, your father struggled with it. Your grandmother. You can go down the list. Maybe you grew up in a family where there was abuse. Maybe it was sexual abuse. Maybe it was physical abuse. Maybe it was emotional abuse. But you grew up in a family and that was so normalized or minimized that it actually is normalized. And so you're used to men screaming at you because you had a dad who screamed at you. And you think that that's normal, and then you ended up marrying a man that actually does the exact same thing that your father did, even though you despised your father so much, but yet you were drawn to it because it's what you knew as normal. And so we look at the patterns in our lives. Maybe there was abandonment. Maybe dad wasn't there or mom wasn't there. Um, Maybe there was pride. Maybe there was insecurity. Maybe there was extreme depression that was in your family. Maybe there was anxiety. Maybe there was worry. I I don't know whatever it is. I just know this, that you've got to name it if you want to change it. And so it's okay for us just to look back and go, what was that? And let me just name what that was in my family line. So first thing is you got to name it. Here's number two. And I'm going to just go ahead and just tell you, number two is going to be a really, really, really big one. And I think it's probably one of the biggest ones because once you name it, one of the biggest ways to see these red flags go, they no longer are here anymore. I'm not moving them beyond me. They are stopping with me is number two is red flags that go unshared go unchanged. So, so if, you, if you name it, that's a good thing, but you've got to take it another step further because if you want to break the cycle, you've got to share it. The Bible says that in abundance of counselors, there is wisdom. It says that he who walks with the wise becomes wise. It says confess your sins one to another so that you can be healed. And this is one of the top reasons why we do life groups together. It's easy to come on a Sunday morning and sit and be encouraged and hear the word and be challenged. But if you really want to see real change takes place, it doesn't happen in rows. It happens in circles. It happens when you sit across somebody else. I've been loving this. On Saturday mornings for our herd, we've been breaking up into small groups. We've got all these small group guys now in our big groups. We've got almost 30 men, and they're breaking up into five or six. And I've been sitting at a table over the last couple of weeks with these guys, and it's just gone to a whole nother level. Yesterday, we dealt with almost this, this exact same stuff that we're talking through, which is, hey, let's look at some past things that are there. And I, and I told the guys yesterday, I said, you know, the beauty of what happens is as we share our story, we hear people say this. You too? You too? You too? You too? You too? Yeah, I struggled. I had abandonment. I had, I had a father wound. You too? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've struggled with pornography a lot of my life. You too. And, and what ends up happening is, watch this, watch this. The devil loves to play in the secret place. You are only as sick as your secrets. And so as long as the enemy can keep it a secret, he can keep you sick. But how many know once it comes out into the light, how many know it loses its power? Yeah. So when you come, hey, listen, when you come and you sit around with people that are trusting, okay? I'm not saying, you don't have to share it with everyone, but you do need to share it with someone. And because as soon as it comes to the light, watch this. It's like the only thing that grows in the dark is mold and secrets, but as soon as it comes to the light, it, it gives power, it, it, the, the power of that over your life. As soon as you say, my family has battled with addictions for this many generations. As soon as you come to that, you say, you know what? That, that, that stops here. That stops here. I, I, I know that there's an addictive personality inside of me, and so I, I've got to be careful here. I know these are the areas I've got to be careful in. I know that. This is why we do life groups. This is why we do freedom groups. This is why we're doing inner, inner healing groups for us to go back and look at the things that are in our life that, that are impacting us today. What are those red flags that are being passed down? So you've got to, you've got to share it if you want to see it changed. And, and let me just address the lie that we all believe. Here's the lie that we believe is this, that if I share it, I'll be weaker. If I share it, I'll look down, be looked down on. Truth be told, when you share it, actually people are actually more proud and you become stronger. Because I don't know if y'all realize, but by not sharing it, you actually are getting weaker. By not sharing it, the enemy, watch this, especially in areas of addiction, there is so much shame attached to it that if you could just know the power of what Christ has done to break shame off of your life. The Bible says that Jesus went to the cross to bear our shame so he could no longer have shame on you. How many of you are thankful for shame on Jesus so there's no more shame on you? You say, well, I'm just struggling, man. I, the other thing is I should be further along. I shouldn't be dealing with this. That's the other lie that we hear. I've been knowing God for a long time. I shouldn't be dealing with this. Hey, listen, That's just the sinful nature of the world that we live in. That's the sinful nature that lives inside of us. And that's why the Bible says we walk in the power of the Spirit. But there will just be some things that I'm going to go, I'm, I, I've got I've to say these things. I need, I need to say what they are. This is no longer going to be a, a, a red flag that keeps getting passed down from generation to generation to generation to generation. I'm going to stop it now. And the way that I'm going to stop it is I'm going to take it out of the darkness. I'm going to take it out of the closet. And I'm going to bring it into the light. And I'm going to let the Holy Spirit deal with it. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit break this off of my family. This no longer continues into the generations to come. With that comes number three, and that is that you can't choose your family, but you can choose your freedom. You can't choose your family, but you can choose your freedom. As I said earlier, you know, I know, I know my mom, my dad, my grandmother, I know they're watching right now, which I love you greatly. And there have been red flags in our family. Don't worry, mom, I'm not going to say what they are, but there have been, there have been red flags in our family but I don't judge my parents. I don't judge my grandmother and my grandfather. I don't judge my extended family. I have so much love and compassion for them because I know they did their best and I know they made mistakes and here's what I know, my kids are gonna have to give me the same grace that I'm giving them. Are y'all with me? My kids, how many of y'all say, your kids are gonna need a little extra grace because I listen, I know I haven't got it right all the time as a father. I know I haven't always got it right as a husband, and I, and I know my parents did their best. I know my, my grandparents did their best, and I'm so grateful for not only the, the, the problems that we went through and watching us overcome adversity, but how many know, even in the midst of all of the problems you've walked through, how many know there were great things your family passed down to you as well? There, maybe there are red flags that you have, but how many know, we also got a lot of green ones too. I learned about generosity from my family. I learned about faith from my family. Learned about how to love God and put God first in my family. I learned how to persevere through hardship with my family. I've watched my family go through hard seasons and hard times and persevere and trust the Lord. And I love them and I forgive them. And every family, watch this, every family is beautiful and broken and we carry both of those in our hands. Our families are beautiful and they're broken, but because of Jesus and what he's done, how many know we are not a victim, we are victorious in Jesus Christ. I don't stand here as a victim from what happened in my family, I am victorious in Jesus. I'm victorious in Jesus. Yes, divorce was in our family. Yes, there was addictions in our family, but I'm no longer a victim to those things. Jesus has given me a beginning, a new end, a a new start. He's given me the power to overcome all of those things, not to transfer those things. And whatever I don't don't talk about, whatever I don't address gets transferred. Pain that doesn't get talked out gets transferred. Say, no, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, I didn't get to choose my family and you didn't get to choose your family and maybe you grew up in a great family and praise God for that, you should celebrate and thank the Lord for that and maybe you grew up in a family that was absolutely horrible and you didn't get to choose them but you do get to choose your freedom. You do get to choose what God gets to do through you because Galatians 5.1 says it this way, for freedom, everybody say that with me, for freedom, come on, say it again. For, say one more time. For freedom. for freedom. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Why did Christ go to the cross? For freedom. Why did Christ come to earth? For freedom. Why, did, why does God so love you? For freedom. Why does God want you here in this house? For freedom. What does God want for you today? For freedom. He wants you to free because Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and don't submit again to the yoke of slavery. Don't go back to this. No, stand firm today. You don't have to be bound. You don't have to be burdened by the brokenness that's in your family. When you came into Christ's family, he gave you a new family. He gave you a new identity. He gave you a new perspective. He gave you a new heart. By God's grace, you can break free from everything that's happened in your family. By the power of the Holy Spirit, that addiction can stop right now. That depression can stop right now. You don't have to stay depressed like your mama and your grandmother will. It can stop right now. You can say, God, you are in me. The spirit of God lives with me. And if he raised him from the dead, it can raise me from whatever I'm struggling through in my life. God doesn't want you just to be set free. He wants you to stay free. He wants you to live free. And can I tell you this? Listen, it is hard work. Because there are things in our past, and if I'm honest, I don't want to go back and talk about. Them. I don't want to go back and address. But can I tell you, your family is worth it. Are you willing to do the hard work so your kids don't have to? Pornography has to stop with me so it doesn't get passed down to my boys. Now, they'll have their own battles. They'll have their own struggles. They're out of their own red flags. I just wanna make sure I don't add 10 of them to it. And what has been passed down to me will not get passed down to them. And I want you to hear me very closely. You can't change your past. You can't, but you can change your future. And because of Jesus, how many know he always gives new starts? He gives new beginnings. And some of you right now are like, man, I feel so much regret. I feel so much shame for what I've done. Maybe in my parenting, man, I just know I I didn't parent the way that God wanted me to. Listen, there's no shame there. There's no guilt there. There's no condemnation there. Listen, there's a challenge though for you to go, listen, it starts today with me. Amen? So name it. What is it? What is it? Maybe right there, I wanna do this just to close out our service right there. I want want us just to give a minute for the Holy Spirit to work here because I believe the Holy Spirit is gonna do some things this morning in families that is going to be a radical defining moment for some of your families. And the way that happens is we just give space for the Holy Spirit to move. And so I want to, just for a moment, if you're online, you can do this. If you're here in the room, you can do this. If you got notes right there, I want you to pull out your notes or pull out a phone. And I just want you right, right here, just go, Holy Spirit, what, what are those things in our family? What are, the, what are the red flags that have been passed down? And maybe right there, literally write them out. Just write, write it out. Anger. Lust. Fear. Pride. Insecurity, self centeredness, divorce, adultery, drugs, like just right here. Holy Spirit, would you speak right now? Would you speak? this is what I want to do I want to I want to symbolically present these to the Lord and just make a declaration today that this is over like this is done like I'm going to be the chain breaker right here and by the power and the grace of the Holy Spirit what has been passed on from generations is going to stop here it's going to stop here it's not going to go to my children, my grandchildren, and so forth. I, it's going to stop. It's going to stop here. And I want to symbolically do this by, if, if you have some things written down, I, I, want you to, I want you to stand all across this room, and we're going we're to raise these before the Lord this morning. And then we're going to give a moment for our, our prayer team to come forward, because some of you need to do step two, which is you've never shared this, and you need to share it. You just need to say, I know this has been in my family, and I no longer want it anymore. I need the power and grace of the Holy Spirit to stop this now, to quit this. And uh, we're going to give you a moment to to just let people pray with you and share with you a, a safe place for you to have that conversation. Maybe some of you need to go back into your life groups this week, and you need to have that conversation. Maybe some of you need to pick up the phone today and just call someone and share it with them or find a friend and just share that with them. I, I encourage you to not just name it. We're going to do that one. I would encourage you to share it. Maybe some of you with your spouses, uh, you just need to have a moment with them today or at lunch or tonight and just say, hey, these are the things I know. And, and we're, we're going to work together as a team to not see this continue in our family. So if, if you have some things written down, I want you to stand. Would you just stand all across this room right here where you are? And we're going to stand together. And we're going to make a declaration. I want you just to lift your hands just right there where you are. We're going to make a declaration that, God, these things break here. These things stop here. So, Father, right now, Lord, I pray for every person that's standing that has recognized and named some things that have been passed down from generation to generation. And, God, we name these before you. Lord, we know that these are not, uh, you're not. Are clueless to these. You know these things. But I pray, Lord, what the enemy has meant for generations and generations to destroy an entire family that we today, by the power of the Holy Spirit, not only recognize the plans of the enemy, but we rebuke the plans of the enemy that it will stop here in Jesus' name. God, I thank you, Lord, that there is a, a healing balm that goes over your people, those who have experienced deep wounding and pain from family, from friends. God, I pray, Lord, Lord, that forgiveness would flow in this house right now. God, I pray, Lord, that bitterness would be released in Jesus' name. God, I pray that the pride of prison would be broken off in Jesus' name. God, I thank you, Lord, for every person that is standing today representing their family. Holy Spirit, would you help them? Holy Spirit, would you guide them? Holy Spirit, would you help them do the work that needs to be done to see full freedom and forgiveness and, and, and healing happen in their life. God, we thank you, Lord for the power that you have given us. We thank you, Lord, that our identity is now in you. Our identity is not based off of what was passed down to us. Our identity has been inherited as we have entered into relationship with you that we are new in Christ. God, we thank you, Lord, that all old things are passed away and all things have become new. Lord, we thank you for the, the freedom that you give us that comes because of your grace, Lord. Now, I pray that your people would walk in that identity. I pray that they would walk in that grace. God, I pray that they would walk in that power in Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Come on, can we give Jesus praise?